Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow host, Matt O'Hara. Hey, that's me. Uh I just realized on my desk here, I have a Mega Millions ticket. So whenever this comes out, if uh, if I do so happen to win the Mega Millions, guess what? what? I'll still do the podcast All because right. I won't work anymore. Perfect. And I'll have plenty of time being Richie Rich. And I'll give away, if I win the Mega Millions, I'm going to give away 100 Dynasty Nerds t-shirts. Sweet, man. And you and I will do the podcast. We'll probably do more. We'll probably average two episodes a week easily because we won't be working anymore. Wait, if you win, I get to not work too? Dude, you're my best friend. Of course you don't have to work. Why would yes. you have to work? Score. Dude, uh, if I won $300 million, you think I'm not going to like hire you as my assistant? Yes. Yeah, for sure, dude. You're good. I'm good. And then maybe like two other of our good friends <laughs> might be good too. Just got to limit it. But three hundred million, I yeah, everybody's living good, dude. I'm not a stingy guy. I'm very uh, a given person. Well, I appreciate that. I'm sure my wife would be like, why would you just give Matt uh, two million dollars? I'm like, I don't know. What, what, why not? Because if he won, I would expect him to give me two million dollars. Exactly. And if it he didn't, both ways. I wouldn't say it to his face, I'm at him because he's rich. I want him to like still be nice to me. But in my head, I'm like, dude, you're kind of a selfish dick. <laughs> I mean, you can't spend three hundred million dollars. Why do I have to be a selfish dick all of a sudden? Okay, Mark Davis, <laughs> funny looking dick. Um, so we're back. No news and notes because we just recorded the last podcast about 15 minutes ago. Gave and if you didn't shirts. get that joke, go back and listen to the last podcast. Yeah, you'll get that scary <laughs> alien stuff going on over there, Mr. Wiggles. Um, today we're covering NFC, NFC East. So last episode we were the AFC West, right? We were Tupac. Now we're coming back to the NFC East, back to right. Biggie Smalls back time. To Biggie Smalls. Little New York, uh, California, little... Uh, battle. That was so nineties. That was very nineties. So real. You're aging yourself right now. Yeah. Well, I was there. I was in high school. Yeah, me too. I remember driving the car and it said Tupac died. I'm like, what? I heard he was just okay the other day in the hospital bed. I was very shocked. So was I. I was a big Tupac fan. I like yeah, yeah Tupac. Which is weird because like in Good high rapper. school I was like really into like punk rock music a lot too, and right. I was like, but I really dug like Tupac too. But you know, I also listen to, like Dave May. Yeah, but it was it was weird. I have a R- Rage Against the Machine was my favorite band. You know, all those punk bands, Screeching Weasel, No Effects. Love those guys, Rancid. Yeah, but I have a weird. I, I have a very broad taste in music. I love it all. Mine just is ever expanding. Yeah, now I'm not into that. Uh, now my favorite band out is like the Avet Brothers. It's my favorite band yeah. right now. So, but yeah, ever expanding. If it's I'm, good, I'm really, I like it. I'm really into the the '80s Clash. Yeah, music right now. That's yeah. what you're into. Yeah. I don't know what I'm really into right now. Yeah, it, it it always changes. But maybe when we go to when we start doing these bonus podcasts for part of the nerd herd prescriptions. Yeah, maybe we could do like once every year, like get to know Matt and Rich episodes. Sure, and we don't even talk about fantasy football. We just talk about shit we like. All right, dude. Here's my top three movies. Here's my top favorite couple bands, and people are like, I don't, what would I care? But somebody, somebody would care. Somebody would care. Some people have been listening to us talk for about going on four and a half years. They've got to feel like they know us kind of. We a let them in. A, we let them in a little bit here and there. Yeah, I mean, we do episodes where we go on fifteen minute rants about our personal <laughs> life, movies. And I think we used to do that way more back in the day. We did. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think. I feel like we now. I just feel like there's so many news. It's hard to get in everything in an hour. Right. But we kill some time before going to like. 
oh, dude, did you hashtag sleep fan? What, you don't sleep with a fan on at night? What are you talking about? Remember, Mike didn't even <laughs> oh, know yeah. that existed? Yeah. We had like a 15 minute argument about like, like who sleeps with a fan on. I'm like, dude, I bet if we asked the people in the podcast, we'll get a massive response. And then we got like inundated with like hundreds of people put in hashtag sleep fan because they sleep with a fan on. That happened to be an episode that I missed, if I'm remembering correctly. And then there was a bunch of all these hashtags. I'm like, what is hashtag sleep fan all about? I'm like, what, the, what is this? My kids have never. <laughs> They've slept their entire existence of life with the fan on. Except I, on the, their own little fans. When I, I can attest to this because we went on vacation earlier this month or last month, and uh, you see me bust out my little fan. Right? You had a you had a fan with you on vacation. <laughs> I, is... I do bring a little portable fan with me on vacation. I need it. And I always yeah. attribute that too. Like my kids always slept really good early on through the night because they had that little you know little white noise well, in the background. We did, yeah. Was, we had a, like a noise machine that the kids still sleep with nowadays. It's just like ocean waves, but oh. similar, similar effect. And I don't like to like the blanket to be on top of my feet when I sleep. I like to stick my feet out. My wife doesn't. She likes to tuck the blanket in, and I hate it when she does that. So I always stick my feet out and it aggravates her. But like I love when the fan blows on my feet. I I'm literally the exact same setup. I just minus the fan in my room. I I cannot sleep with my feet underneath the the blanket. Like I just can't. Like I can't. I can't. I can't. You know what I mean? Like no. I cannot. Literally feels like there's in lava. Yeah, it, dry, it drives me nuts. Like my whole body, I just start sweating and stuff. I, I have to have my feet. So when you day. come home, do you take your socks off right away? Oh yeah. Or do you? Are you like a sock walker? No, That's my feet. Dangerous. My, my feet start getting hot just like walking around the house with socks on. Yeah, I mean, like I literally take my socks. Like yeah. as soon as I get home, like I gotta take my socks off, and I'm like Fred Flintstone in around the house. <laughs> like I need it. And I have all wood floors. So I own a floor. Like you know, obviously, I, right? Well, not obviously, but I own a flooring business, so I have. Very nice wood floor. Well, it's obvious to me. <laughs> it's and to you too, because I put floors in your house. Right. And uh, so walking around with socks can be kind of a little, you know, Tom Cruise risky business. Yeah. You know? Right. Slippery when wet. Yeah. If you don't have those, said. if you don't have those grippy socks, you could fall all over the place. True. True. So that's five minutes on non-football stuff. Look at us getting back to our roots. See, look at that. Well, we could do a whole episode in that, like an hour. It wouldn't take long. We would just no. Well, it would take an hour. We'll do, but, a, we'll, do, we'll, do a poll, we'll do a poll like every like six months. Like, hey, do you want us to do a podcast on not like fancy stuff? We'll see what people say. Most people probably say no. Probably not. But there'll be like 15 people that will want to hear it. I mean, if you join the nerd, you're going to like us. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, shall let's we? Let's do it. NFC East, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions. Mm. You have at wide receiver, you have Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Algalor, Mike Wallace, Marcus Wheaton. Running back, you have Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, Darren Sproles, Danelle Pumphrey. Tight end, you have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers. And at quarterback, you have Carson Wentz and Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Quarterback, not a lot to really go over here. Carson Wentz is a top five dynasty startup quarterback. Young, talented, good weapons around him. Really good core piece to build around. If you're in a super flex league, where do you put Carson Wentz in your super flex rankings among quarterbacks? Is he, let me hear it, like Aaron Rodgers won? Oh yeah, no, I don't, I don't know him right off the top of my head here. I mean, Superflex quarterback kind of rankings. How are you? I don't have that kind of knowledge just at the tip of here's my. A, okay, here's a question I really want to get down to. Right. Okay? Would you two two things? Would you take Deshaun Watson over Carson Wentz? No. Okay. Would you take? Neither would I. Would you take Carson Wentz over Andrew Luck? Oh, yes. Healthy Andrew Luck. Right. Oh well, if if it's a healthy Andrew Luck, yes, like he, you can get like he comes back. And, reports like, today is he's literally uh, what's his face Chester Rogers report tweet out that he's flying. And the report came out that 
he was flying to California. Andrew Luck's throwing with all his receivers this week. Well, that's good news. That was mentionable. He's pretty good value. At this time, my super my Scott Fishbowl picks will be in. I'm really hoping to get Andrew Luck as my second quarterback. My whole plan, the whole time, I didn't have a lot of strategy going into this besides praying and Antonio Brown slipped to me, but I was like, I got to get Andrew Luck. This is the slowest draft ever. Are you sure you want to divulge this information? I'm, ta- I'm eight picks away, and I'm taking him when it gets to me, if he's there. If he's there. But the eight, eight I, picks, two days, that could happen, man. You know, two, three days. You know I'm not that. letting this podcast come out until Andrew Luck is <laughs> off the board. Let me put that all right, way. All right. So, All right, so that's the quarterback situation. Not a lot to go over. Carson Wentz, he's the guy. He's locked in. He's not going anywhere. He's the future. He's the long-term. He's the guy you plug and play, bar no injuries come along in your dynasty team. He's on your team and your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. Right. What I do want to mention before we move on from the quarterbacks for the Eagles is the ridiculous cap number that they have for their backup quarterback um, at this point. Uh, You know, Nick Foles is counting 13 and – $13.6 $13.6 million this year, which isn't crazy considering they're only, you know, Wentz is on a, a rookie deal. But next year is when it becomes really problematic. He's, it bumps up to like $20 Because he gave him that raise after he won the Super Bowl. So, Rightfully so. Right. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it's not like he doesn't deserve it. It's just a lot of money to pay a backup quarterback. So I, I'm not sure, you know, obviously Nick Foles is there probably for this year, but I would imagine they, they probably trade try him. to trade him. The yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna move him. So he, he I mean he might be a guy, you know, halfway through the season if he's available in a one QB QB league, he might be a guy to to pick up and just kind of stash for the offseason. They're gonna move where, him see the, where he goes. They'll do a sign and trade where he restructures his deal, you know, hey, we'll give you you know, twenty million guaranteed, but we're gonna give you a two year thirty million dollar contract. Right. That's usually those how those things, you know, the new team works out a new deal with the guy and that's how that works. So looking at receiver, you know, Marcus Wheaton turd, Mike Wallace turd, the the main two Kurt, you know, guys are Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson, Algalore. Um, Alshon, you know, just re signed his long term contract in a really good place to be that, you know, low end wide receiver one to mid wide receiver one there. The guy I'm interested in is Nelson Aguilar, a guy we kind of built up a little bit last year is where he was pretty much free in startup drafts, and we didn't really understand that and thought he was really good value and showed this year that he could contribute. Mm-hmm. And they picked up his tender. Um, hopefully they work out a long-term deal here because there's not a lot of depth behind him. Do you like Nelson Aguilar going forward? I do, man. Um, you know, obviously they have – they. you mentioned they have Alshon there long-term. I think I – think He's a very good compliment to Alshon. They're very different wide receivers, you know, in both body body frames and, and you know route running ability. So I, th- I think they they would work nicely together long term, and, and I think he should definitely, you know, they should look for ways to lock him up. I mean, next year, his his number goes way up. You know, he's he's only counting two million against the cap this year, but it goes way up because he picked up there, you know, for the fifth year option or whatever, it goes up to like nine million bucks. So it, I would think that they picked it up expecting to to sign him to a long-term deal but i think that's where i mean you're looking at money wise for him anyways if he's gonna sign long term there definitely if he comes out and plays well again this year i mean you're looking at anywhere from 10 to right around that 10 million dollars well, a year well, mark well cash and cap are different things you know what i mean you don't want him to count 10 million dollars against the cap yeah everywhere. you can work out the sign you know the signing bonus and everything yeah there. so i think they're pretty locked in at receivers i do see nelson algalore come back in and be a viable you know, very solid wide receiver three for your fantasy dynasty team again this year. Um, possibly, you know, with the emergence of Carson Wentz even playing a little bit better, maybe even a little bump there. Depends how, you know, the Zach Ertz situation works out because right now Nelson Aguilar is the third option there. Zach Ertz being a very solid receiving tight end out there. 
Um, they do bring in Dallas Goddard, so they could possibly run two tight end sets there as well and maybe move Dallas Goddard to the slot right? Um, and use him where he's pretty much a giant slot receiver as it is. So that to me, when I look at their future at receiving core, I look at it as where it's Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Nelson Aguilar, and Alshon Jeffrey. All right. And I, I agree with you. Um, let me throw this out at you, though. What if I told you that Zach Ertz, his cap number goes from $5 million to over almost $12 million? Just next year, fair. You, you you're you're able to stomach that. They don't have a ton of cap room. They have absolutely. They, have, I mean, they, they restructure. They have under five. I mean, they have under six million dollars in cap room. Unless that's why brought. Unless why they that, that's why they brought in Dallas Goddard. Right. That's, but, I mean, that's that's what I that was going to be the next piece of the equation. This guy has this huge balloon in his contract next year, and then all of a sudden they use. You know, is it the last year of his deal? No, not at all. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the last year, but it's just. It's such a big number that they can get out from underneath it and actually save money. They can get out start, from underneath start, it. Start starting next year. Yeah, but if he and then produces- they bring they bring Dallas Goddard in. So I mean, is this one of those things where, hey, if he plays really well, he's 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 young enough, we can restructure and it won't screw us in the future, which I th- I think is possible. Or what if Zach Ertz goes back and kind of gets nicked up and injured this year? Do they just cut bait on the guy because they can save money against the cap and they they have Dallas Goddard? They could. I mean, to me, to me you know, Zach Ertz right now is locked in. So do I. I think so as well. He's my number three overall. He's up there, top five for sure. I mean, top you know, four. I, mean, yeah. I, I have Evan Ingram pretty high. We're going to talk about Evan Ingram here shortly, though. Um, some of the numbers I dug into, he's still my number one dynasty tenant. I'm not worried because of year one, but I was really surprised about his drop rate, mm-hmm. um, surprisingly. But, um, Zach Ertz right now, I mean, he's locked in for me, top four. I mean, if I was doing a dynasty startup, you could definitely make the argument of taking Zach Ertz ahead of a guy like Rob Gronkowski with the injuries and long-term question marks. I, you know, Gronk's 1-1 when it comes to tight ends, but long-term dynasty investment, you could be somewhat more you know, comfortable with a guy like Zach Ertz. But like you mentioned, his cat, I, I'm not worried about his cat number. I think, I think when you're that good at your position – and you warrant that in a guy like Robin Krause wants to be paid sixteen, seventeen million. And by the time that comes around, there's gonna be a tight end making that much money anyways, and he's gonna finish as a top three guy. He's gonna like twelve million dollars might seem like a pretty good bargain. Right. And and they don't have a lot of cap space, like I said, but they'll be getting you know, they'll be getting wet, uh not once, uh foals off the books next year, most likely. Exactly. So, so, so that'll free space. that'll free up some space. But at the same time, they're gonna have to sign Carson Wentz. You know he's on a cheap rookie deal right now. They're gonna have to sign him in a couple of years. Yeah, so. but they have the fifth year option on him. It's they're gonna they're, they could draw that out. You know most Super Bowl contending teams that have these guys, they do draw that out to restructure. There's no need to. They could pay him down the road. You know what I mean? There's no need to, as long as you don't fall in that Kirk Cousins trap where he gets super pissed at you. So for me, you know again, I think Dallas Goddard with the you know the long ter- you know a couple of years anyways, he needs to develop the running back situation here, right? Mm-hmm. So JJ. Is this? I think this is the last year of his deal. Oh uh, yeah, he's a free agent. So he's a free agent. I think with that knee, and I think this, I, I think he's going to be gone after this year. We mentioned last episode about the Raiders looking for a running back. JJ could be a younger option for him. I was really surprised they re-signed Darren Sproles with yeah, thirty-five-year-old uh, Darren Sproles. Yeah, you, you drafted L. Pumphrey last year out of San Diego State, who rushed for two thousand yards there, just kind of like Rashad Penny did. Viable catch in football, and then. Corey Clement emerges as like a Super Bowl, you know, almost an MVP caliber player there in that game with 100 receiving yards. 
they re-signed Darren Sproles. It, it's, it, kind of, it's, it's kind of a shock. It seems shocking, and, and you know he's got uh, he's got a million dollars of dead money too. So I'm not sure he's really going anywhere. No, they they're they're not really going to save that much money. Um, if they cut him you know, like half a million bucks or something like that against the cap. So they may cut him and bring him right back, you know, after the first game, because then, then his salary, the actual money that they're paying him isn't, isn't guaranteed for the whole entire year. I mean, he's 35 years old. So if he's on the opening day roster, it, it his whole salary becomes guaranteed for the, for the year. So it's, it's an odd move. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I just don't see him. I don't see how he makes this raw. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't see it. To me, right. If you're asking me, any running back I could own on this team right now between Jay Jai, Corey Clement, and Denell Pumphrey, I'm not even count Darren Sproles. I want Corey Clement. Right. Yeah. And you know, on second thought, they're not in it too deep on him. You know, one and a half million or something like that. So they can get out from underneath him. With, you know, with only paying him you know not even paying him just you know a million dollar cap hit or something like maybe that. they just want to see what pumphrey could do maybe if t- maybe maybe surprise when i'm thinking about it, maybe pumphrey's the odd guy but i don't right. see that either you know what i mean well, on, i mean he was, he, was, he was practice squatted last year though i mean yeah it's for it's, the whole year so i mean he didn't show enough to even really be on the active roster on a year where darren sproles was lost for the whole year that's so. true so maybe we're just looking at the wrong way but we're looking at it from the dynasty perspective saying hey give me the youth and right. it's, it's darren sproles there but for an overall, you know, we're talking about a team that won a Super Bowl in pretty good shape. I think the biggest question mark is running back. I don't like J.J. long term. I don't like his knee. I don't like his overall game. I think, you know, he's he's one of those guys that's kind of like, you know, I'm trying to think of the running back who was who, who really did this early, or like an early Doug Martin. You know what I mean? Like one week he's fantastic, right. and then two weeks he's kind of like, uh. And then he has this fantastic week, and then he's like, uh. He's too up and down for me to really trust a guy like J.H.I. And then you throw in that knee, the degenerative knee issue there, with, which is a big question mark. I, I just don't want anything to do yeah, with Yeah, no. I, I mean, I think you and I are on the same wavelength with this guy. He's one of those guys that you wait for a big week and you try to sell high on the guy and, and, and get off underneath him. We mentioned this last year, yeah. or even in his Miami days, with those mm. big contracts. We're like, hey, sell J.H.I. Sell him now. Sell him now. Sell him now. So hopefully you kind of fell in that category and, and you sold because – I'm still I'm out all out. Yeah, so am I. I think I think this is one of those you know Clement's a nice uh, pass catching back. You know they have Smallwood on the on the roster who's nothing special either. I don't think. Um, so I think this is one of those teams that's going to be looking for a three down back that catches the ball nicely out of the backfield, a la Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know for for Kansas City's an all around back. I think that's who they're going to be looking for next year in the draft. And I mentioned before, like somebody say, you know, I keep saying this. With Sean McCoy, Eagles fall in a category for me. Can it be a reunion with the Philadelphia Eagles and Lashawn McCoy? Say Jai does get hurt and he's out. Will can the Eagles trade for Lashawn McCoy? Yeah, no, that'd be a great. Seems fit, like a great man. fit. Yeah, right? that'd, be, that'd be an excellent fit. Yeah. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, depth chart looking like Alan Hearns, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, Cedric Wilson, Deontay Thompson, Katie Cannon, Noah Brown at receiver. Obviously, all those guys are not making a roster. At running back, you have Zeke Elliott, Rod Smith, Bo Scarborough, and Tavon Austin. Yes, former Rams receiver Tavon Austin. As a running back. Tight end, you have Jeff Swaim, Blake Jarwin, Rico Gathers. At quarterback, you have Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush, and Mike White. Now, looking at this team on paper, I see Zeke Elliott's name, and I see a whole lot of, okay, all right. Which is weird, you know, because I'm one of those guys, I'm not a big Dak Prescott guy. 
you know, last year he started off the season with, when Zeke Elliott was in there. He was QB1, essentially, until Zeke went out. And then he was like QB18, 19, somewhere around there. I think Dak benefits from, you know, players around him. I think he's a good quarterback, right? I think he falls in a category of like a Case Keenum guy for me. Kind of like a good quarterback who really benefits from a guy like Zeke Elliott in the backfield. You take that playmaker away from him, and he's going to struggle just a little bit. Don't hate that Dascott, but Dak Prescott. Don't love Dak Prescott. Just don't want anything to do with Dak Prescott. That's how I feel about Dak. How do you feel about Dak? Um, I mean, I have a slightly different opinion. I think he's a um, I think he's a serviceable enough passer. Um, and then he gets you good fantasy points. You know, rushing the ball and getting first downs and getting touchdowns on the ground and stuff like that. Where where he can be a, a nice second option for, you know, one QB yeah. league. Um, and he's not like a horrible super flex type of guy. So I, I think I have a slightly higher opinion than you, but not like off the charts. I don't think he's like amazing or anything like and that. And he, he – see, that's the thing. He's somebody I want nothing to do with, but I think he's a good dynasty quarterback. You know what I mean? He, I don't want – I don't think he's bad by any means, but there's always those players that you just don't want anything to do with. Right. And there's – not it's not his skill set. You know, like T.Y. Hilton is in that category for me. Guy produces. I just don't want anything to do with him. I understand. Yeah, I mean, it can be just rubs me the wrong way. You know, right? I mean, it's a little bit of an up and down game, and it's it's not the consistent, nice flat line that you like as as a producing week in and week out QB one at tight end. It, it's, I mean, Blake Jarwin and Jeff Swain are probably your best options. Rico Gathers might not even make the team there. Um, I don't want anything to do with any of those tight ends, personally. They're, they're literally, I mean, they're all, they go from 37-year-old uh, Jason Witten as their starter to nobody that's over the age of 24. So a lot of inexperience, a lot of um, a lot of guys that are, are really in positions that they haven't been put in before is starting tight end in the NFL. So it's it's going to be hard to figure out who, where, you know, where it shakes out. I think, I think Jarwin's probably the best bet at this point. I love Rico Gathers' upside if he can get his blocking situation turned around and he actually gets an opportunity. And and you know Dalton Schultz, the twenty-one-year-old, totally raw rookie type yeah. of guy. So they didn't mention him because he was so raw. It, it, it's really interesting. I'm really paying attention to see how this kind of shakes out. Right. You know, obviously at the running back position, you have one of the elites in the game, Zeke Elliott. Uh, guy's fantastic. I would have to say though, you know. When you think three down back, you want to put that Zeke in that category. So far through his career, I think one of his biggest drawbacks has really come, which is kind of shocking to me because Ohio State did it really well, is in the passing game. You know, Zeke averages 2.3 targets per game, where the top running back, Le'Veon Bell, averages 6.4 targets per game. Mm -hmm. You know, that's less than half, drastically less than half. And then they bring in a guy, Tavon Austin, they move him the running back for a reason. You think they're going to move him the running back for the specific notion to target him in that Alvin Kamara kind of role, that pass catching role, and see what he can do being explosive with the ball in his hands. I mean, I'll I'll believe that when I see it. You know, it ain't gonna be Rod Smith. It ain't gonna be Bar- Bo Scarborough. If it's anything more than, yeah, but it's not Tavon Austin either, man. 
Well, we don't know. It's going to be a new role for him. I do. Can he be like that Ty Montgomery kind of shit? I Listen, I don't like Devon Austin either. I'm just trying to open my eyes to the situation is, can they take this little small receiver who's a terrible receiver but explosive with the ball in his hands who can't really catch that well? Well, okay, can we just give him the ball and see what he does with the ball in open his hands? Open your eyes even further. Would you rather have... Would you rather throw the ball to Ezekiel Elliott? Oh, yeah, 100%. Or, or to Tavon Austin? Oh, 100, 100 Tavon times. Austin is going to be like a gadget play game type of, of okay. guy in my eyes. Go, go, gadget suckness. And the re- I mean, they lost a lot of targets yep. when Des Bryant and Jason Witten went out the door this year. Yeah, it's like 100 something. And, and I'm guessing that. And it's just a guess, but I'm guessing Ezekiel Elliott's going to get more than two point whatever three targets per per game this we'll, year. Yeah, I guess. I, th- we'll see. I mean, I think I think he's going to get a pretty significant bump. I think it's going to be five, six targets a game instead. Well, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, once you get a six category, six targets per game category, that's where you start getting up with you know Alvin Kamara, Melvin Gordon, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley. I mean, just category. I mean, just look at. Just look at who's left. I mean, Nobody. are they going to throw to Terrence Williams a bunch more time? They're going to be throwing. To, no, they're going to be throwing to Allen Hearns. You know, Michael Gallup, Michael Cole Ga- Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley, and then it's going to be it's going to be Zeke Elliott. Man, that's all. That's all they can do. Yeah, this team is such a big. Oh, just mm-hmm. give me some Zeke shares, but I am. In, oh, remember I mentioned a couple episodes ago. I was like, oh, it was Marquise Goodwin, um, the receivers I was talking about. Yeah, Goodwin, Tyrell Williams, uh, Tyrell Williams, Alan Hearns was the other guy I thought sure. you could get for pretty cheap. You know, they bring Alan Hearns in on a two-year, eleven million dollar contract, and here's the, here's the big thing I got from that. So for the last couple of years, he's run about seventy percent of his routes from the slot, and for these last couple of years, he you know in seventeen, sixteen, he hasn't really played that well on the slot. His big year was in two thousand fifteen, where he had. 67 catches for 1,031 yards and 10 touchdowns for the Jaguars. He ran 63% of his routes that year on the outside. Guess where he's going to play for Dallas? On the outside. On the outside. Hey, hey, hey. That's very intriguing to me. That is. So I like Alan Hearns as a great sleeper this year. Not as a sleeper as like wide receiver one, but on targets, production, and necessity, him moving to the outside and what he's shown he could do on the outside – I think he's a great buy low startable receiver with yeah. the opportunity to finish the year easily. To me, I can envision him easily being, I'm saying, mid range wide receiver two, just on opportunity alone. And he's only 26. It's not like he's super old or anything. So I mean, it's the guy that can produce for your team for you know three four years before he like falls off the the edge of the. Uh Edge of the cliff there. And they might sign a guy in free agency and bring sure. somebody in. They, maybe they, we mentioned uh, last episode with the Broncos receivers might leave, like Demaris Thomas. Demaris Thomas could be a guy they bring in on a two-year deal possibly. Right, no, and because they're going to be, I mean, Cole Beasley, he's a free agent at the end of the year, and, and Terrence Williams, who's 28, they're, they can finally get out from underneath that contract at the end of, end of this year as well. So, I mean, he's he's – Terrence Williams locked in for 2018, but 2019 is completely open there for Terrence Williams. What do the Browns would do with Josh Gordon? You know, that's a, that's an opportunity. Even if they, you know, franchise him and or they could work out sign and trade as well there for Dallas. So, but if Alan Hearns shows he can come in and be their number one, then again, if you can give me those 2015 numbers of 67 catches for 1,031 yards and 10 touchdowns, that's high end wide receiver two numbers. I'm taking those all day too. 
That's why we like Michael Gallup a lot um, at the you know very high end of your rookie draft mm-hmm. this year. Possibly even pick 112. I think you can go as high as that for Michael Gallup just because he runs that nice, solid receptions. Uh, could be a nice PPR receiver there for Dallas. And listen, Cole Beasley, Cole, Cole Beasley, he's never going to be a stud. And they're going to look for go- production from Gallup early on. So a nice rookie there um, who can come in and kind of give you that Juju Smith kind of year. Um, I see a guy like Anthony Miller and a guy like Michael Gallup being those guys that come in there later round, you know, high end second round picks that come in. And they're, like, they're the Juju. Absolutely. This year. Absolutely. Because, I mean, yeah, like I mentioned Terrence Williams, but, you know, Gallup, he's going to supplant Terrence Williams almost immediately. So, yeah. and, I mean, no big deal. I'm sorry to be bland here, but I don't see dynasty value wise. I mean, give me Zeke. Give me Dak, give me Hearns, and give me Gallup, and you can take everybody else. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's so hard to predict the tight ends. I think Jarwin's not a bad guy to, to take a sh- chance on as a, as a bottom of your roster type of guy, but th- that's it. Yeah, we mentioned those guys as stashes, but right. the, I mean, you're talking like bottom of the barrel stash. Yeah. Same thing like Tavon Austin. Do you even see Tavon Austin as a stash? No, I hate Tavon Austin. I, I know you do. <laughs> Moving on, shall we? Not as a person or anything. I don't know him, but I just don't like him as a dynasty asset. All right. So those two teams were pretty boring. Well, <laughs> Eagles are good, but you know nothing overly to talk about. Let's let's move on here. Let's move on. Let's move on to a very exciting team when it comes to dynasty prospects. Ooh. Some of the New York Giants. Okay. Look for this wide receiver depth chart. You got Odell Beckham. Ooh. He's pretty good. Yeah. Sterling Shepard. Yes. Cody Latimer. Uh huh. Travis Rudolph. Uh huh. Roger Lewis. Okay. Running back Saquon Barkley. That's, I could stop there. Yeah, you could stop there. Uh, it doesn't stops there. I mean, it's Jonathan Stewart, Wayne Gallman. Gallman has a good chance to even beat out Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan there. Stewart apparently looks really old. Because he is really old. <laughs> Simmons is old. <laughs> <laughs> Tight end, you got Evan Ingram, Rhett Ellison, Jarrell Adams. And at quarterback, you have Eli Manning, Davis Webb, and Kyle Laletta. Speaking of old, there's Eli. Yeah, 37 years old. You know, benched during week 13. And management was like, no, 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 no. Get that guy back in there. The guys, you know, I will say this, though. When Odell Beckham plays, Eli Manning, Manning averages 5.7 points per game more in fantasy football. Doesn't surprise me. So that's a lot. That goes it, from yeah, having 12 points a game to almost, you know, seven. Let me see. 12 plus five. Yeah, 17 points per game. Good job. You Thank you very it. much. 5.7, so six. So almost 18 points per game around there. That's a oh, big, my gosh. That's a big jump there. You know, you have Kyle Laletta, who I would take over Davis Webb as a you know nice super flex stash. But Eli Manning, his days are numbered. If this isn't his last year, it's pretty damn close to it. Right. I totally. I mean, I totally agree. Just from a just from an age standpoint, a guy's thirty seven years old. So, um, at tight end, you have Evan Ingram, who's one of my top dynasty tight ends. Love the guy. He's only the third rookie tight end since the year two thousand to have at least six hundred receiving yards. Now, granted, you know. Odell Beckham was out and Brandon Marshall was out, so that helps the cause. But still, good numbers. Love the guy. You know, Mississippi State had it was pretty much a big receiver. Yeah, it's exactly what he was. He was a big slot receiver. But, but, not Jake. But, but he led all tight ends and drops with mm-hmm. eleven and had a fifty-five point seven percent completion rate. That's worrisome, but it was year one. It was year one. A lot, lot of lot of lot of stuff going on in the tight end's mind, which is why it usually takes them so long to develop. Um, so I'm going to give him a bit of a pass for his rookie year drops. If they continue this year, it will be a worry. You know yes. what I mean? So, at the, I mean, at this point in the game, it's 
it's in the back of my mind, and that's where it's going to stay, hopefully. All right. And then at receiver, you have, you know, my number two overall dynasty startup player, Odell Beckham, uh, right behind DeAndre Hopkins. And, oh, you know, Odell Beckham comes in, and for uh, three out of four years, this guy's had 1,300-plus yards all three years out of the four without being hurt and 10-plus touchdowns. Amazing numbers. Yeah. Um, last year, he was, even in from weeks two to five, when he was healthy, they played, he was wide receiver four. So he's on pace to reproduce those numbers. Not a lot of question marks there. Do they resign him? Most likely. If he goes anywhere, he'll be a stud there too. Yep. What do you what are your thoughts on Sterling Shepard? You know, his rookie year comes in almost as a thousand receiving yards there. Nice solid receiver. Last year, banged up a little bit, still okay. Right, banged up, had an opportunity, but at the same time, he wasn't getting all the coverage drawn off him that he was in previous years, and and we didn't see quite as much from him as probably a lot of people. I think thought. Eli Manning came out like this week. I think it was. If not, it's been the last ten days and said, "Hey, expect big things." Yeah, out of poised, poised for a big year. I mean, I I could I could definitely see that this year's fantasy outlooks much better just because you know hopefully he's got a. Um, He's got an Odell Beckham on the other side. He's got Saquon Barkley, you know, drawing drawing a linebacker off off the coverage, and he's got um, Evan Ingram also running the seams and stuff like that. I mean, that should all equal Sterling Shepard being able to kind of run free, in my eyes. So look look for him to be open a lot, open often, and, and making some plays. He runs good routes. He runs really good routes. So I I think with a lot of the pressure taken off of him. Um, I would look for him to, to shine a little bit more this year. Yeah, a lot of guys I respect in the industry, in the fantasy industry, have been calling, even this is as recently over the last month or so, even doing a little research here on the Giants, um, getting their perspective on the situation, saying, yeah, I, I view him as a nice wide receiver four. That's where I view Sterling Shepard. And I respectfully disagree. Mm-hmm. I see him as a nice wide receiver three. One of those guys that just comes in there, Get you right around anywhere. I think on a low end, eight points up to if he scores a touchdown, eight to sixteen points per game. Um, somebody you kind of trust back there, and just finish years maybe a mid range, a low end wide receiver, but a wide receiver three nonetheless. Which mm-hmm. a lot of people again will poop on, but I'll take all day on my rosters. And maybe for a championship caliber team, you're you're looking for him to be your wide receiver four on most championship caliber teams. But maybe you're stacked elsewhere, like maybe you have Gronk at tight end, and you have two stud receivers or uh, two stud running backs and two really good receivers. Then Sterling Shepard, you'd be in a, still a pretty good place. I lurk Sterling Shepard not only for this year, which I think he does take a bit. I'm with Eli on this. He takes another step forward here and locks himself in as that nice solid wide receiver three. But I do like him long term as well on all my dynasty rosters if I can get some Sterling Shepard shares. No, yeah, I think he's he's one of those guys that's probably going to get, a, you know, 850 to 900 yards receiving this year, which, you know, you, you put that on roughly 65 to 70 catches and you're having a, you know, pretty decent wide receiver three type of number. I wouldn't expect him to be like a touchdown scoring machine with, you know, Saquon Barkley and, and um, Odell Beckham and uh, Evan Ingram. Yeah. Also in there, but you know, that, I think that's what's going to probably cap him to a, to a wide receiver three. You know, and Pat Shermer is a new head coach. He's mm-hmm. going to call the plays. And last year, he led an offense that had two top twenty fantasy receivers. And you know, if you're going to utilize Sterling Shepard a little bit out of the slot there, maybe having Ingram more in the slot, 
that is somewhere where Adam Thielen really strived. And mm-hmm. we can see somebody like Sterling Shepard come in there and Shermer can utilize that. Right. Speaking of you, well, go ahead. I was going to say, what do you think of the reports of, of Caddy, uh, Cody Latimer? I, I've heard good things already this year that, you know, and he might be a guy that, I mean, he came into the league second round pick. He just never really got an opportunity there in Denver. And, and is this one of those fresh start things where could it be Odell Beckham, Cody Latimer with Sterling Shepard in the slot? Listen, yeah, I I have always, you know, coming up in Indiana, I liked Cody Lattimore. Mm-hmm. This is a guy I think about five months ago, you and I on the podcast, we mentioned his name is like at the end of the season pickup, you know, where Denver might resign him because they were kind of intrigued by him. They didn't, obviously. But I've always somewhat been intrigued by Cody Lattimore, more in his size mm-hmm. um, and ability. But, I mean, he's shown us nothing. So yeah, right. all my stuff is still going off his game tape in college, which I, which I enjoyed watching. But he intrigues me. So if there's good news coming out, I, I Roger Lewis and Travis Rudolph aren't doing anything for me. No, so I, that's what I mean. And he was running with the first team during you know the voluntary mini camp and stuff he, like that. He so replaced Odell Beckham when Odell Beckham wasn't playing, right? Because he's still working on that um, coming back from injury. So I'm intrigued by Lattimore. I feel, I feel this. I mentioned him as a good stash at the end of last year. For me, there'd be nothing to take him off the bottom of my roster as it is, unless there was somebody I really wanted to pick up. But I still have him as my stash category because I want to see what he will do in Pat Shermer's office, offense in this new system. And as much as like Stone Shepard, that's not Shermer's guy. What if he? What if Lattimore does stick? He likes his size. Or what if he does what you said? They they run Odell Beckham on the outside. They run Cody Lattimore on the outside, and they put Stone Shepard in the slot. Intriguing. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't expect a huge fantasy impact, but I mean, it's a guy that could go from being totally irrelevant to somewhat on the radar and relevant. And and you know, now is the time. He's most likely free. You know, on the waiver wire. Yeah. In, in a lot of leagues, so he might be worth a grab. Okay. And I mentioned Pat Shermer. Um, the way he runs his offense. There's another thing Pat Shermer likes as well. And that's he likes one running back in mm-hmm. his offense. That is his go-to. Probably a big reason why they took Saquon Barkley over, you know, the quarterback there. Three of Pat Shermer's running backs have finished with 72% of the touches on his teams. And you say, okay, 72%. Only four running backs last year had set, saw 72%. Oh, that's like a, yeah. I mean, that's workhorse numbers. That's No yeah. one gets 100%. You know, no. you know, like. So 72%. Is a lot. Mm-hmm. Those are running back one numbers. And Saquon Barkley, again, I'm going to say it over and over again, not only is a really good in-between-the-tackles runner, but his big-time value is going to come in the receiving game. We mentioned earlier about Zeke Elliott, only seeing about two, whatever whatever I wrote down 2. there. 2.3 or so. 2.3 t- targets per game. I see Saquon Barkley easily jumping right into that you know, 6.4 uh, for Le'Veon Bell. I, th- I think Alvin Kamara was next was like six point three. I think uh Tiger Lee saw around right around like six even or five point eight nine, somewhere around there. I see Saquon Barkley coming in immediately and seeing six point two targets per game. Or if not, jump right into that Le'Veon Bell category of the six point four targets per game as well. I think he is gonna be a running back one, high end running back one. On his ability to catch the football, he's going to catch a lot of footballs here. You're going to get the in-between tackles running. You're going to get the pass-catching ability. Things are going to be open up for him because of the playmakers around him. What's to say about Saquon Barkley that has not been said about Baquan Barkley already? Baquan Barkley? He's my bad. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, there's there's 
there's no real competition there for touches. No. He's he's going to get the lion's share of them. And um, we've spent we've spent seven months talking about Squam Barkley. Exactly. We need to go on. Good good luck if you if you drafted him. You don't need it. Jerk. No. He, he's he's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. So yeah. let's move on, shall we? Yep. To a very another intriguing team. The last team here, so we can wrap up this podcast. I know you're getting sleepy, so let's just who's let's, getting sleepy. Let's take this in. I'm here. not getting sleepy. Nice and easy for you, buddy. All right. You a little, you're a little tired. No, no, no. I'm okay. Let's go. Ahead, go. Stick your feet off. I'm gonna oh. like it cool off a little bit. Uh, if I if I <laughs> stick my feet out, I'm gonna go to sleep. <laughs> I'm not blowing on them. Not going that far. <laughs> I don't need well, a fan. Unless you win the Mega Millions, I'll start blowing on those toes all day long. <laughs> All right, but that's it. <laughs> that's no, it. As no far touchy. As, as far as it goes, as man. As far as it goes, bud. That's all I'll do for a million bucks. Um, at wide receiver, we have for the Redskins, Jameson Crowder, Josh Dotson, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, Brian Quick, and Simi Cobbs. At running back, we have Darius Geis, Chris Thompson, Rob Kelly. And that turd we told you not to draft last year in Samaj AP Ryan, but people still take one in the first round because they listen to our show. But do they really listen, Matt? Do not they really? all the time, no. Tight end, we have Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, Jeremy Sprinkle. And at quarterback, we have recently signed to a mega contract, Alex Smith, Cole McCoy, and Kevin Hogan. Um, Alex Smith, really good, accurate quarterback, does not make a lot of mistakes, does not throw, turn the ball over. Nice, solid option as uh, your dynasty quarterback. Sneaky quarterback one, um, maybe not a high-end quarterback one, but still a sneaky quarterback one. Can still do it with his legs a little as well. Which Absolutely. Is sneaky. A guy yeah. you can win a championship with, let's mm-hmm. put it that way. Tight end, you know, Jordan Reed, for me, it's a big mystery. The, the, the concussions, the hamstrings, everything, the guy cannot stay on the field, which is a disaster because when he stays on the field, I mean, he's top three tight end. Oh, yeah, he's, he's an amazing, you know, asset. If he's if he's healthy, if you guarantee he's healthy, then, um, you know, you're, you're looking at definitely a top five tight end. And – if somebody goes down, if you own Jordan Reed, you got to own Vernon Davis. Because if Vernon Davis is a tight end, he's viable. I am still buying Jordan Reed for the right price because he's that talented. It's got to be the right price. Though. It's got to be the right price. They're, I mean, looking at looking at his contract numbers, he they can't they can't cut him this year. He's 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 it's going to be a negative effect on on the the cash the the cap anyway. But next year they can get out from underneath him. So you know this is it for him. It's it for him. This is it. If he if he if he is another has another injured year, he's gone after this year. So I mean, it, it's it's a make or break year. If you if you can go out and get him cheap, it's worth it. I'm buying 100. Definitely the way Alex Smith utilizes Travis Kelsey. Yeah. With the big question mark at receiver besides Jameson Crowder, I'm questionable about everybody on that receiving core. So for me, Jordan Reed can come in here and be the number one receiver on a team led by Alex Smith, who utilizes tight end. Right. Terrific. Right. Absolutely. It fits his game perfectly. He wants to get rid of the ball quickly on these shorter routes. And that's what, you know, I think with these back to back bad years, of Jordan Reed, I think the price is right on a guy like him with the upside there. Where if you draft him just to be one, if you need tight end help, it's worth the risk. You could probably get Jordan Reed for a second round pick. I would think at this point. Yeah, right. Like yeah. a second round pick. I'm buying Jordan Reed for a second round pick if I can make that push for a championship and I need tight end help because again, you're not getting some guy that can just come in and be kind of a filler. You're getting a guy who could finish his tight end two or three here right. in Washington. So again, is it a question mark? Of course it's a question mark. There's a lot of risk there. 
But if you're going to make that push, sometimes you got to make some risky maneuvers. You know, you got to take gambles on guys like Jordan Reed because nobody's going to be trading you Zach Ertz. So where else are you going to go? You're going to move on to a guy like a Jordan Reed, where if it misses out, you miss out on your second round pick. But again, we mentioned this on the last episode. I'm not overly enamored with the 2019 class. Anyways, I'd rather I'd rather shoot for the stars and shoot for that championship and get a guy like Jordan Reed on my roster and hope it works out for me. Not a bad, not a bad strategy. I mean, say he does get injured, though. Who, who else? I mean, obviously Vernon Davis is is older than dirt as well. Are you looking for a guy like Jeremy Sprinkle no. halfway through this year as like a stash? Not really. I mean, in this offense, possibly, but I mean, it, okay. So Sprinkle does come in. Was he in year two? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's in year two. I mean, he, how viable is Sprinkle going to be? I, I mean, I'm just trying to remember back from his tape. I, I don't remember anything really blowing me away on him anyways. He wasn't a bad pass catcher. Um, he was a knucklehead. He was the guy that like got caught stealing at the... Oh, that was him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> from the uh, the bowl. The bowl game. Like he the, stole from the sponsor of the bowl game. Yeah. That he got free stuff from. Yeah. That moron. Yeah, him. That's right, because he, he did have... That's, that was... Yes. He, w- he wasn't a bad pass catcher. He, he was just <laughs> dumber than a box of rocks, <laughs> you know? Ass. So... Um, I, I I literally he was like after I heard that story I I put a note you know do not do not draft this guy but I mean I'm not drafting him now uh, he's uh, he's out there for free no because it's, it's gonna be the Vernon Davis show um no it is it is but I mean that's not the long term answer and if Jordan Reed gets injured again like then I don't think Sprinkles a long term answer either I think they're gonna go they'll they'll look elsewhere there'll be some options somewhere right. there's always options right somewhere no I mean I I, I mean definitely definitely probably hit up the draft so the running back situation you have you know rob kelly d- does fat rob make the team no i don't think so yeah they're gonna keep p ryan so that rookie ryan. deal yep. who again who's not that great which we we told you that last year um <laughs> they bring in darius guy guys who is pretty talented uh he, he's a really nice in between the tackles mm-hmm. runner but he doesn't catch the football and he's really poor in pass protection gruden's already come out and said, hey, he's got a lot of work to do at pass protection. and But that's not a big deal because Chris Thompson's our third down back, and we don't need him to be in on third downs because that's where he is. I love Chris Thompson as a buy. I like Chris Thompson. I, if I need any kind of running back help at all, I am trying to buy Chris Thompson everywhere I can get him. This is a guy, Matt, would you be surprised if I told you, and then granted he's coming off a broken fibula, would you be surprised if I told you Chris Thompson outscored Jordan Howard last year in fantasy points per game on a third of the touches? I, I wouldn't be surprised, but that was because I followed him very closely. I ended up acquiring him in two different leagues as well. So He averaged 11.6 points per game. This yeah. is a guy who could see about 80 targets. Um, before injury, he saw 17.1% of his team's targets. All eight running backs who have seen at least 17% of the, their team's targets over the last five years have finished as a top 10 PPR fantasy running back. doesn't Matt. surprise me. He was on pace, man. He was doing – he was doing – I mean, the, the, the whole the whole Redskins offense was going as he went when he was healthy. You know, when when, when he was scoring and doing well and and really rolling is when they were doing well. And, and then after he got injured, it kind of sputtered out a little bit. So I mean, Chris Thompson, he's a he's a good back. He's his issue has always been staying healthy, even going back to college. So we'll, it's a huge red flag. It's which a is huge, hard to it's do a huge red size. flag. But but he's a guy that offers a ton of value, especially now because you know he flashed, 
but at the same time, it's always been this, you know, it's always been injury that, that, that slowed him down. So I think there's a buying opportunity out there. Um, you know, especially with the broken leg and, and, you know, a very quiet off season actually. And the drafting of Darius Geis right. helps too. I think over the last four and a half years, there's, there's always been like this PPR running back that you have, I, you and I have come out and said, Hey, this is the guy to go out by for this season, mm-hmm. whether it be Danny Woodhead. I remember when it was Deion Lewis when he originally signed with the Patriots. And I don't know the other guys at the top of my head, but I do know we've been right every single time over the last four and a half years. This year, that guy for me is Chris Thompson. You know, the receiving core, you have Josh Dotson, the former first-round pick. A lot of question marks there. New quarterback, he's got to grow a report to with Alex Smith. How does he fit that category? Is that Tyreek Hill? We'll talk about Jamison Crowder here in a minute, who I like a lot as well. But for me, there's not a lot of, like, for sure things in that passing game. You're going to need that safety net. Alex yeah. Smith is going to need that safety net. Who likes to dump that ball in the short intermediate, inter, inter, intermediate range. If Jake Gruden's still going to show this guy about 17% of his targets, and over the fast five years, every single one of those guys has finished as a top 10 running back, I'm all over Chris Thompson. Yeah, yeah. If he can stay healthy. And if he doesn't finish as a top 10 running back, and he finishes as running back 13, 12, 14, you're still getting great value. And what are you giving up for Chris Thompson, dude? Again, Not much. I got him like thrown in on, on deals. You know what I mean? Like that was that's I was shooting for other people and I ended up getting Chris Thompson and, and you know, it made me feel pretty good about myself. And and you know, it was after the you know, one of them I think was after the injury. I get I traded him you to you You and the, Juan in the, both in the McKinnon yeah. deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got McKinnon, you got Thompson. Right. Maybe you know, obviously I think in hindsight, you know, you'd rather McKinnon today. But, but at the time, at the it time was, you right. were really happy getting Thompson because we both liked him. I know we talked about it before, and Absolutely. you wanted him. And yep. I got I, I looked at you know a split on that one, and it worked out for me in the long term. But it still could work out for you very easily with Chris Thompson this year if he turns out to do exactly what we were just talking about here. Now, I think he's a player you should go out there and try and buy. And you know maybe somebody else doesn't listen to this podcast is in your league, but I am seeing what it takes to get a guy like Chris Thompson. Even if you have two good running backs, you need a running back two or running back three. This is a guy that can help your team. This may be a guy that can help your team win a championship. And maybe he does get hurt. Maybe he gets hurt week nine, week ten. But when you can utilize him, maybe he helps you win and go eight and right, right. in the meantime right, as, exactly. a, as a flex spot guy. You're winning you know? six out of your first seven games or something like that. And, and he yeah. propels you to that. And if he's your flex starter, then even mo- that's, more, that's more celebration for you. So... What do you think about being aggressive and getting to Chris Thompson? I love it, man. Like I said, I, I went out and got him kind of last year. So, I mean, I, I've been on the, the bandwagon ever since he started. Like, he started really producing, and, and really the offense was running through him last year. Um, so, uh, go out and get him. Uh, now's not a bad time with the, the Darius Geis and the injury from last year. So. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the Darius Geis is going to make him the perfect price mm-hmm. for you. And you're going to be very happy with that at the end of the year. What do you where do you see this receiving core? Um, I mean it's it's um, Jameson Crowder right now is sitting at the top of the fantasy depth chart for me, and then um, could be a sneaky wide receiver too. Definitely a sneaky wide receiver too, because he, he's a precise route runner. He's a guy that that operates close to the line of scrimmage. Another thing that um, obviously Alex Smith 
does well is to get the ball to those guys. And and after him, it's it's a it's a bit of a mystery. Um, obviously, we haven't seen much out of Josh Dotson. And um, Paul Richardson coming from Seattle, I mean, he, he wouldn't be the first Seattle wide receiver to leave there and, and kind of be, be more productive once he got out of that system. So I, I, I could see that. I could see him establishing himself as the, the second option there pretty easily. The only thing with that, though, is like Paul Richardson reminds me of like Jamison Crowder a little bit. I think he's got a little bit more vertical speed to him, uh, at least when I watch the game. I think he needs Josh Dotson because that's that's Josh Dotson's game, that vertical, you know, threat game. Go up there and get the ball with this acrobatic skill set. I'm, are you all out on Josh Dotson? Do you think he's a complete bust? I mean, most receivers when they come in their first two years and they do absolutely nothing, hardly ever go on to find success. Do you think Josh Dotson can be an outlier to that? I don't think it's complete bust city just because it was you know his first year was totally injury based. Yes, I mean he, he couldn't even get on the field. Um, so, I mean, and I, I, that may, I, that may have put him somewhat in the doghouse a little bit. So he's got to climb his way out. I think, I think this year is the year we'll know whether or not he is a complete bust. So, um, I haven't totally given up hope, I guess we'll put, we'll put it that way on Josh Dotson. Yeah. I, I, I'm right there with you on that one. Um, I think, and then, and then Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn, love him, man. I think he'd be a very solid PPR guy. Yeah. I think he fits what Alex Smith can do there as well, too. I think I think he might. I think we're going to see a little bit this year what we have in Trey Quinn. And I, I, I do like him long term. I think I think by the you know midpoint of the season, Trey Quinn is going to start showing showing us you know that he is actually relevant and not Mister Irrelevant. I agree, hundred percent. I think he's be one of those guys that when you look back on him, he's going to be one of the Dynasty aspects will always use him as a reference. Well, remember when Trey Quinn was Mr. Irrelevant? Right. I think he's going to be one of our reference points yep. that will mention his name not just next year, but for many years to come. Yeah. I think he's going to be a very solid option there. That's it. That's our uh, NFC East. East. We only have three more to go, right? We do. So that means two more bonus episodes, and then we're right into the goddamn preseason. That's awesome. Not the preseason, but training camps. Training camps. Yep. Comes at you fast, doesn't it? Sure does. We'll be playing corn here any day now. <laughs> so that's it. Um, as always, this is a bonus episode. So, you know, check, give, give us a rating review yeah, on iTunes. Absolutely. Uh, buy Dynasty Nerds t shirt, goodDynastyNerds.com. Follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. Follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. And um, we've been doing this for hours now. So we're just going to go. Yeah. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.